fade you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah. This is fade you. This is the Fade You Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you're listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, Spotify, wherever. My name is Matthew James. I have Kmart and Bucket Boy with me on today's pod. This is episode 50, recording on June 10th, 2021. Welcome to the show. Hello to all the dads out there and the moms. Father's Day is coming up. Kmart, are you working right now? Yeah, yeah, I got an hour left, so I'm just kind of looking at all the all the metrics, but I'm pretty much done like working. It's just being active. So yeah, I'm getting paid the pod. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I love that. And Neil, you're on dad duty today. Today was a dad duty day. I just spent the whole morning volunteering at the kids' school for jogathon day, <laughs> and luckily it was you know a nice 80, 82 degrees out here in San Diego, so had to spend the day counting laps for kids. Dude, I, I miss those days—the jogathon, just running laps, getting tickets. I didn't have to, I didn't have to run, and I got all the popsicles I wanted to. Volunteer, you know, oh. volunteering has its perks. Winning, yeah. Is that the one where they you have to? they ask people to pledge money like times how many laps they jog. Yeah, that's the one. The, like the office episode, Kyle, where Michael pledges. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what is he? Is it a jog? Like a thousand dollars or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah. And that bill comes due and it doesn't go so well for our buddy, Michael Scott. Oh, that's a good one too. All right. We had, uh, actually, Neil, I think this was your idea because uh, Major League Baseball, shockingly, is embroiled in another scandal. They just can't seem to go very long without one. So we wanted to talk about this one because we have spent some time on strikeout props this season. And just for some to go back a little ways, Neil, like I was looking at this a lot at the beginning of the season because it seemed like certain guys were hitting double digit strikeouts nearly every time. And then I think you started looking at it as well. You've even played some strikeout props in battle of the dads. So it kind of caught our attention when it seemed like those numbers were going down. And so when did you notice this? And then what kind of what, how did you get on the scent of this whole thing that's going on right now with, spin rates and and foreign substances and god forbid i say this is going to be a sticky substance episode well yeah i think as you know we were you know yeah matt you and i have sort of been tracking this these strikeout props most of the season here and it's gotten me excited we've had i think a lot of you know good luck um with it um certainly something that you play i think early on in the season because overall you know in any normal year i think offense is going to lag at the beginning and a lot of people think it's either you know it's just, it's a cold weather thing you know it's also the, the idea that you know at the beginning of the season that offensively timing is a little bit off for, for from a hitter's perspective and for a pitching perspective you have guys you know you don't have 125 150 innings under your belt your arm is fresh 
right? So you're getting, you know, the arm is stronger and it doesn't have that sort of wear and tear, especially coming off of only a 60 game season uh, last season. So I, I think it was expected that arms were going to be fresh, um, you know, coming out this season, a lot of under, you know, just a lot of game total unders were hitting and, you know, we looked at the beginning of the season and 9.5 for all your strikeout guys, for your Glasnows, your Bowers, um, Bieber and Cole, it was 9.5, right, Matt? I, I, I think that was just standard 9.5 and juice to the over for most of them. For And that was just kind of how it trended. And, you know, I think the sports betting market, I think, was was ahead of just this report coming out from major league baseball by saying, because all of a sudden we woke up one day and I think it was Matt, I think it was right. It was Glasnow and Bieber were pitching one day and all of a sudden their lines dropped to seven and a half. And they had both kind of come off of relatively shaky um, on, you know, unders um, on their strikeouts from the previous game. And it was like, I think we, we alerted on Twitter. We said like, this is interesting. I don't know what's going on. But it obviously, when something's that far disconnected, going from 9.5 to 7.5 is a 20%, you know, jump down. You know, you have to sort of be an alarm that there's something else going on in the market that you don't know about. And we said, you know, uh, this is going to be interesting to see what happens. We had said that we're not playing either, you know, we, just because it was seven and a half, we weren't going to play either one of them. Um, I think one ended up going over, one went under. So it, you know, didn't make a, a whole lot of sense and, you know, sort of tucked it under the rug. And then sure enough, I think it was like three, four days later that all of a sudden this report, you know, comes out. Major League Baseball sends to the owners that they're cracking down, you know, on foreign substances coming out. Um, so it's, I think it's, you know, in trending a lot of different people, it's made a lot of people, you know, not quite understanding who's doing what and what, then what effect that's going to have at the same time. I think you've seen a lot more just in general overs hit, right? So I'm seeing a lot of double digit, you know, run totals happen. I mean, Yankees, Minnesota today's, I think is at 11. Um, and it was very rare at the beginning of the season to see anything higher than a nine and a half across the board. So we have an 11 today. I've talked about, I like run, run hits and air props, uh, you know, 26, 27 is sort of your standard. Any AL game now is 29 across the board, you know, almost across the board, unless you've got, you know, a Garrett Cole pitching. So I think you're seeing the offense, you know, over this past week has jumped up. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see sort of what strikeouts do um, as we go. Kyle Neal talked about the kind of just confusion about this whole issue altogether. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about, we saw <laughs> the way that Garrett Cole answered the question, answered the question in air quotes about using spider tack. And he basically sat up there for a minute, over a minute and went, uh, well, uh, and didn't answer. It didn't say yes or no at all. So maybe just speak to the general confusion about all of this, and why why does baseball have this continue to happen? Whether it's steroids, the Astros cheating, and now this, like, why can't they get their shit together? I mean, I think baseball's taken over as the most tainted sport, even over cycling with all this. Um, I mean, like you said, whether it's steroids or the spider tech. I mean, I, I just say 
let these players do whatever the hell they want. Let's just say going into 2022, there's an asterisk now. And if you want to put drugs in your body and die at 40, let them do it. Let them do it. Like who cares? Um, I don't know. I, I, with the spider tech, if, if you hit a player, eject his ass. Cause I mean, you, you shouldn't miss if you're, you know, putting sticky shit on your hands. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially with what we've seen, uh, you know, with all the complete game, uh, no hitters. So I don't know. The, the confusion with Cole to me was silly. It's uh, how does PR allow him to go out there? You know, cause that's an obligation that these players have to do, um, you know, after each game, that's part of the job. Uh, I think that part's stupid personally, but uh, you know, talking to the media, but I, I just don't know how you allow someone, you know, they're going to ask and Garrett Cole to go out there with no, at least let him read off a piece of paper, what he's supposed to say. Cause like he said, he turned his wheels for 40 seconds, sounded like an idiot, something what I would do. Uh, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then he just spits out 30 seconds of just something that has nothing to do. Oh, you know, we've been passed down generations, you know, in practices, you know, they were doing this and that from the older players, just, you know, kind of admitting to it, but not admitting to it, just avoiding the question. So that's my stance. Let them use it and let's see what happens. Uh, just, I mean, know that, I mean, apart from maybe Neil, I don't think baseball, I don't think they, like there's that many hardcore fans in the sport anymore. And I mean, that happened in the nineties. I mean, they've been struggling to get fans back. Yeah. And there are reasons for that. And one of them is because like we talked about a few minutes ago before we came on the pod games have too many games have become games of pitch and catch between the pitcher and catcher because of all the strikeouts because guys can't hit there's no balls in play and baseball is seeing this product they're seeing fans not interested and they're like okay we we have to do something so i guess that's maybe the answer to your your suggestion that's Kyle. what i'm saying let these guys juice up then they'll be able to hit it well, spin rate is uh, the word of the day. So what we want to talk about is just, I've done a little bit of reading and research on this, and I think these guys have too, and definitely have some opinions. So what is the existing rule? We'll start there. And then how has that rule been enforced up until now? What has happened to create this? What happens next in terms of enforcement? And then lastly, what does this all mean for us who are baseball fans and will go and watch baseball games and baseball betters, because there's definitely some implications with betting on this as well. So here's the, here's the rule. Okay. No player is permitted to intentionally damage deface or discolor the ball by rubbing it with any type of foreign item or substance, including dirt or saliva failure to follow this rule will result in an ejection and an automatic 10 game suspension. So that's what's blood and semen. I don't know. Not mentioned. But that's what's on the books now. Now, anybody who has watched baseball over any number of the last several years, Neil, knows that this is not enforced, right? And has not been enforced. So that in, <laughs> that is the first question is, why do you have this rule on the books that's very arbitrarily and ambiguously enforced? 
I, I think, and you know, to, to, for show perspective, like the only thing you always see is, you know, a guy has to step off the mound. He can lick his fingertips and then he has to wipe it off. Right. Like that's to me has just always been the for show, like, Oh, I'm not doing anything. I'll step off, lick my lips, but then I have to go, you know, wipe it off on my sleeve. You know, you hear about the, those, the suntan lotion combining with the rosin bag is sort of always the one that I, you know, most like, you know, most and most likely to hear about. Um, but I mean, and I wanted to jump in earlier to one point, like baseball, baseball just doesn't, they don't punish anybody. Right. That's the, that's why this keeps happening. Whether it's, you know, whether it's steroids, whether it's, you know, the Astro scandal, either it's a, they, no one ever gets punished for do in the moment for doing whatever they do. Right. You, you know, Barry Bonds will get punished after well after the fact, um, you know, by, you know, having an asterisk, having, you know, mopping in the Hall of Fame, you know, but nothing ever happened to the Astros players. You know, nothing is going to happen to the pitchers. The last thing, you know, MLB baseball is probably willing, hoping that this just kind of goes away sort of naturally. But ultimately that there is a problem because, you know, to Kyle's point, you know, just let them do whatever they're going to do. It's like, but the average fan wants to see home runs. They want to see balls batted in play. They want to see great catches in the outfield. You know, they want to see plays. The ball needs to be in play. Baseball has already had a problem that it's slow. And when you would just strike out 14 guys, you know, every single game, it's even slower in those exciting moments that we all sit there and want to watch go away. So again, baseball just has these loose rules that, you know, nothing is, nothing is enforced and they don't punish anybody. Unless you have a blatantly obvious, like I think it was um, Pineda from the Yankees, I think two years ago, where literally he had just like black tar on his neck. I don't even know where, I don't think we ever tried, <laughs> figured out what that was, but it was like so blatantly obvious that they said, okay, we've got to, I guess we've got to do something. But there's no enforcement, you know, MLB, I think is historically, they're just not in, they're not enforcement. So it's not. Yeah, it, it's not a great look for baseball to have a rule on the books that now it's coming to light that they don't give a shit and don't enforce. So here's why this has become an issue. So you guys mentioned Pineda and Kyle, you mentioned just let them do whatever. And so the reason they do this is, well, the way, the reason used to be for control and hitters used to be okay with it. A guy in the batter's box with a dude throwing 90 miles an hour at you, you want as a hitter to know that that pitcher can control the ball. So hitters are okay with substances being on ball. That's why this has kind of been just sort of unwritten, but they're okay with it. If pitchers can control where the pitch is going, that's better for the hitter because now you're not getting hit in the face with a fastball, right? So what's happened over the last couple of years and Trevor Bauer pointed this out in 2018 is it's gone from being done in the name of controlling pitches to it's evolved. now that it's about spin rate as well, as technology has advanced as advanced stats and analytics have become more in the forefront of all major sports. These guys are realizing that these foreign substances can affect their spin rate. And when the ball spins more, it moves near the end of the, of the, where the pitch is traveling. And that's where you're seeing your strikeouts occur. So, you know, Neil, again, we talk about it's a home run or strikeout league and these guys have gotten really smart. And you just, you talked about the mixture. Apparently teams have chemists 
that will actually find the perfect mixture. And that's just, that's insane to me, but also not surprising. No, it's not surprising. It's not it's surprising. Advantage. If it's within yeah. the rules, why not find, why not find what you can to take advantage of it? Well, that's the problem. It's not within the rules because you can't put the, the, the letter of the law the says no foreign substances, but guys have kind of let it slide all along because when it's raining or humid, it's harder to grip the ball. You have less control. These substances help pitchers control the ball, but now it has evolved into not only can we control our grip on the ball, but we can control how often the ball spins and now no one can hit it. It seems like it's the new, it's like the 2016 version of the Astros. Like it's, it's essentially the same thing, like stealing pitches or just, I mean, what Trevor Bauer's spin rate went from like 2,400 to 2,700. I mean, to me, like the whole spin rate, it's like, there's, I don't know, 20 pitchers that are probably going to be just even better with it. But then for the average, I mean, we saw a couple guys throw no hitters this year. That was like, who's that? Oh, good for him. Yeah. That's why to me, it's like, just let him do it. Like I, I, I hear what Neil's saying, you know, getting balls in the play, but shit, man, it's just, <laughs> just make the shit little league. Cause that's what it seems like. It's just, I mean, you can tell they've lost me. I mean, I, I can't even watch a Dodger game because uh, of all, all these different broadcast things. So, I mean, unless it's the playoffs, I honestly don't care uh, unless it's going to a game to have a bid. But it's not even – I went to the game Friday night to see Shohei Otani. I basically only paid attention when he was at the plate, you know, a little bit when he was pitching. But I just really wanted to see him hit and, you know, start as the pitcher. So the rest of the game I didn't care about because – I was just there to be outside without a mask and have a few beers with my friends. Neil, you talked about balls in play a few minutes ago. You guys remember web gems on baseball tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Kids, kids now probably don't, yeah. Kids don't even know what that is now. I mean, it's, no. it's gone. There's no great catches. I saw a web gem earlier. Oh, there was the Mariners night. guy that robbed the home run. Yeah. That was no, pretty sick. No, it was, it was a center fielder. He, he did full extension, caught the ball like, behind his back diving out for it it was pretty cool oh, just today? in comparison to the women's world series oh wow i know there was, was a really cool. good catch by a mariners outfielder brought a ball back the the announcer's voice cracks he's going crazy and that just doesn't happen a lot now so neil i guess the other thing to bring up we're talking about spin rate due to foreign substances on balls and that's increasing strikeouts, obviously decreasing offense. Baseball also changed the baseball this season. So you have all of these things that are adding to lower runs scored, less balls in play, and less fans interested. And so this is why baseball is like, okay, we probably need to start enforcing this and, and trying to clean this up. Right, and what Matt's talking about. So the ball, so they right, they change the 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 makeup of the ball. The ball is, I think, I heard one percent lighter. The seams of the ball are slightly elevated more than they were before, and I think the expectation was that it would make it easier, um, you know, to hit and give it more loft. And it's having the exact opposite effect because you make a ball one percent lighter. 
all of a sudden you have, you know, as a pitcher, you have more control of that baseball, the elevated seams, right. Uh, you know, enhance the ability to, for you to spin a ball and then increase right with this substance. And I don't think we know really the substance part, how long this has been going on. I, it, I really wouldn't think that all of a sudden this is like a 2021 phenomenon um, other than to say, like, we certainly have seen the strikeouts, you know, highly elevated in this 2021 season. Um, but I don't think it's just happened all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, so you had you had a substance problem on the ball, a ball that's not carrying and you just exacerbated this problem. And to Kyle's point, it's like you have you know, almost unwatchable baseball. And what else also has happened, like there has been some of the most egregious errors that I have ever seen, right, this season. And because balls aren't getting batted in play that often during a game. I mean, you've, Kyle mentioned Little League stuff. There has been more Little League type plays that we've seen this season than ever before. And I'm not just talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like it's <laughs> kind of rampant through almost every team. Um and it's just a matter of because you're, you know, for, as an as an infield, and I played infield through high school and a little bit of college. Like when you have a pitcher that is just can't, there's just nothing in play. You're just not that into the game, right? And I think it's hard to keep your attention span. Baseball's already kind of a hard game to keep attention span, but when it's not coming, when the ball's not actively in play, it's just hard to keep your attention span. And we've seen some some of the most egregious baseball errors that I've ever seen in baseball. You know, in watching it over the past twenty years. So for guys like us who grew up watching baseball and remember the good old days, this is, to Neil's point, hard to watch. And for new fans, younger fans who they're trying to capture, it's also not very exciting. So baseball's got a big problem on their hands. So what are they going to do about it? They have decided that what they're going to do is actually police this and actually enforce this rule. So they're going to allow umpires wider discretion to check pitchers that they might suspect to be using some kind of substance and the manager not prompted by the manager. So, <laughs> I mean, Kyle. Imagine going up and being wrong. Imagine going to check a pitcher because you're like, oh, that spin rate, that seems pretty good. And then you go up and it's like, oh, joke's on you, dumbass. Like, what, I mean, are they going to, okay, take off your pants. We got to make sure there's no substance down there. Like that. Kyle, how is this even going to work? I mean, I like the good old days with the rosin bag. I miss that. You know, just tossing that thing up. It was like the the LeBron James version, but actually cool. Um, you know, just throw that thing back down behind the mound. But, I mean, mo most, most players, I think they have it, like, in their hat or their glove. But, I mean, shit. I mean, baseball players are well known to put their hands down their pants. So, I mean, I guess the ump's going to have to definitely kind of be watching what uh, what the pitcher's doing if he's going to go investigate. Because, God, could you imagine asking a pitcher to take his belt off? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to imagine. And Neil, how can they how can they fairly police this? Like. How how do you, when it's up when it's umpire discretion now the umpires have a hard enough job as it is, so when it's umpire discretion how is this going to be fairly applied like is it based on what like the, there I just have so many questions about how this is going to actually be enforced right and and that's just it and I think it's it's how are you possibly going to enforce something where you know you talk about 
teams having chemists who, again, the chemist is then there to just create as clear of a substance as neutral to this, you know, this person's skin color, the pitcher's skin color, right? So that it is an undetected substance somewhere, whether, right, whether it's on the inside of the hat, the back of the cap, the jersey. Like, I, I think the only way if you're going to try to police something and it can't be an umpire you know a plate umpire already has a more a difficult enough job you know during a game as it is but you know every single ball that gets you know thrown in the dirt to the catcher the catcher just tosses it to this you know tosses it to the side and ball boy picks it up like they just need then somebody to be around to take a look at those baseballs right and i'm not saying like go to the extent of putting the ball under a microscope or anything but you know you need to just feel the baseball um I don't know if there's another way. Again, it's, it's going to become impossible. And ultimately, until somebody, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that hitters aren't calling this out because, again, you're doing this on a right from your own personal livelihood, right? It's your money. I'm like shocked that it's Bauer calling out another pitcher if, in fact, you know, Bauer's doing the same thing. Like, as a hitter who would make my living off of hitting and all of a sudden I can't hit because a pitcher has an unfair advantage, like, just because pitchers on my team are doing the same thing. Like I would feel that like, Hey, all of a sudden I am hitting 200 and I may not get my next contract. Like, Hey, I need a timeout and I need to blow this whole thing up because I shouldn't, you know, as a hitter, I shouldn't be, you know, subjected to this. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that like you hear pitcher, you know, pitchers are talking, but no one from the offensive side of the ball is saying anything. It's actually kind of, I think that's the part to me that's like the most surprising so far is that a hitter's not calling this out and saying like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a career 300 hitter. And now I'm hitting 250, Like, cause I'm striking out all the time. Like that. I think that's the piece that, that surprises me, but I don't know how you try to police when, you know, the teams are going to go to the extent of, you know, hiring chemists to try and find the, the the most effective you know foreign substance like to well, that point do yeah. we actually think that like dodgers for instance like bauer probably uses it or was using it do we really think that their starting lineup had no idea like they were probably all on board and okay with it and also knew that other pitchers in the league like i'm sure there's some unspoken rule amongst players. And that's why it's like hush. Cause I mean, cheating has been going on in baseball for decades. Like it's, and that's why I bring up the cycling thing. Cause with the whole Lance Armstrong scandal, like say what you want to say, but everybody was doing it. Like for, for someone to tell me that Lance Armstrong didn't win seven tour de France's it's go swallow a bullet. Cause you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, everyone was using it. Yeah. He was, you know, pompous and, you know, that type of, but I think it's similar in baseball. I think there is a common knowledge of whatever is going on is going on. And to Neil's point, um, I mean, would you rather have more spin rate and knowing the ball is going to be somewhere in this zone rather than, you know, in the zone of your body. And I think that's probably why it was this kind of hush, hush, unspoken agreement that like we know guys are doing it and it's fine because I want to make sure that you're not going to lose grip on the ball and now it's coming at my head and 
MLB has decided to step in. So we shall see what happens. Now, if indeed this is going to get cleaned up, here are my ideas of what you may see. And you guys can tell me if you think I'm leaving anything out or, or what else I might be missing. So what would enforcement of this actually mean? It would mean pitchers have less control over pitches. So you're going to see more walks and you're going to see more hit by pitch. All right. That means more base runners. There's possibilities for more runs, things like that. You're going to see less spin on balls, meaning a better chance for hitters to make contact, which equals more balls in play, more hits, more runs. This makes me think that you may see more overs going forward if indeed this is enforced. Neil, your thoughts? No, I uh, I completely agree. That sounds completely adequate. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I think the walk piece, I think the walk piece would be to me is going to be the interesting one um, with all this. Again, I'm, I'm kind of a run hit, run hits and errors better um, walks. Uh, you know, it's great to get a guy on base, but walks don't really do the same in that regard. Um, I mean, I would, and to, to that point, like one of the bets I had yesterday was I had Tampa Bay and Washington uh, run hits and errors over 23 and a half that came in nicely the very first inning, I mean, the first inning ended with, I think, the exact same box line with one or two runs, one hit. And, like, the Tampa Bay pitcher, McClanahan or something like that, I mean, he walked the bases loaded without recording an out. And then uh, Adrianza, you know, hit a – he thought he hit a grand slam and he only ended up a single because it clanked off the wall and he, you know, walked halfway to first base. But he walked the bases loaded. Um, without recording an out um, and Corbin in the, the top half of the inning, you know, I think walked two batters. So walks were certainly prevalent in that game. And I think Matt, then to your point of, you know, what do walks look like if, you know, you have an adjustment by pitchers who also need to adjust them because they don't know where that ball is going to end up. Like you said, because it's not spinning and it's not breaking, you know, the way it had been so far this season. <clears throat> Yeah, that's just that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks and see. I, I don't know if we're going to know whether it's truly being enforced. We'll have to see what umpires do. If umpires start to just, what are they going to be like, TSA checkers? Like periodically just, okay, let's see the inside of your hat. Okay, well, let's make sure there's nothing on your neck. Like, I, I guess. But we'll have to watch for the walks. We'll have to watch for our guys making more contact and see if there's more balls in play leading to perhaps more runs and and more overs. I would say I would be hesitant to be betting many unders right now until I really see how this is all going to play out over the next. I mean, it's almost mid-June. Maybe let's see what happens between now and the all-star break. I don't know. Kyle, what do you think about all this? I mean, from what you said, uh, from everything we've talked about. So what you kind of like lined up for everybody is more box, more hit batters. That sounds like a slower game to me. Yeah. Like, I'm not advocating for cheating, but there's got to be a middle ground. I mean, I feel like we haven't heard much of guys like Alex Wood and these different pitchers missing games because of blisters on their fingers. So there is some good. Cause do you, do you want to see Alex Wood or do you want to see some, 
guy with a seven ERA who has to take his place. And true, you get some call ups. You know, when he goes with the Dodgers, you know they found can't remember their names right now. Maybe Neil can, but you know, there's like three guys that get called up who you know are decent. Um, but still, it, most most people like me, they're like, I'm going to go to one game. I want to see Shohei Otani or whoever it is. In day of the game, you don't want him being scratched because of he's got a blister on his little pinky. So there's got to be some middle ground is all I'm saying is I don't want to see walks. I want to see a guy get walked because he, there was a 14 pitch at bat and the pitcher was just trying to outsmart him and paint, paint corners and he had a better eye. That's what I want to see. I want to see a chess match. I don't want to see just guys getting beamed and, you know, balls in the dirt and wild pitches. That shit isn't fun. I want to see good, hard baseball, two competitors going head to head, but you know, as with as little of an advantage as possible. I guess what I would like baseball to do is sit down with the players, which typically doesn't go well. So I don't even know how likely this would be to happen. Talk to the players, come up with a solution. Here's what you are allowed to use. Here's what you are not allowed to use. Just get everybody on the same page and have some kind of uniform policy that's clear so that people aren't just confused and you have all this just unspoken bullshit. Like, how how hard is that? Apparently really hard. Apparently. God. For baseball. Yeah. They need a dictator like LeBron who can make the rules for them. It's the last (laughs) thing we need is another LeBron. (laughs) All right. We're going to come right back and talk about Battle of the Dads, how that's going. Today is June 10th, so we're uh, nine days in, and it's been a struggle, so we'll address it, and we'll ask the guys how they're going to climb out of this hole that they've dug. So we'll come right back with that. Okay, we're back. Battle of the Dads 1 is pitting these two guys, these two fine gentlemen, Kyle and Neil, against Chris Duke and Joe Ham, And it, we talked about this on the last pod in case you didn't listen. The whole goal of this was to showcase a couple different approaches to betting. And, you know, the rules are pretty simple. You're making between one and four plays a day and may the most profitable team win. Uh, you can bet basically anything that's not in game. Now you guys had a, a good day yesterday. You had one good day last week, but overall this has been a struggle. I think the worst it got for you, you were minus 9.6 units, something like that. You guys had a good day yesterday. You, you won a little bit back, but you're still minus 7.8 for the competition so far. So has it just been bad breaks? Are there bets that you regret? Is it a process issue? What has been the root of the struggles? Kyle, I'll let you start. And then how are you guys going to get back in? Because it's not like the other teams lighting the world on fire either. Like this is still totally up for grabs, but we do need to get back in the positive here soon. Well, I mean, a week ago, Neil and I went three, and know, you know, with that Denver money line and some other ones, and we were back in the positive. And then we had, I mean, overall, I think we've been fine. We just had a really bad Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just three really, I mean, really bad days. So Apart from that, I mean, we're essentially, I think, 
maybe plus two units. So it's really just last weekend that got us and got compounded. Uh, you know, Saturday I, I had, was golfing. So, you know, I, I kind of left it all on Neil and, you know, unfortunately things didn't go our way Friday night. We both just put up a stinker, forget what happened on Sunday, but uh, I think, you know, maybe it might've just kind of been, Hey, let's enjoy the weekend. It's not that hard. Just kind of threw some picks in there. So it might not, you know, process a little bit there, but Overall, I think we're fine. Today, we're just going with two plays. Uh, feel pretty good about them. Uh, Neil picked a baseball pick. I I took a basketball play. We thought about throwing in the avalanche, but, uh, you know, just just with what we've kind of seen there with the last three games, we just didn't want another coin flip. So I have that on my personal card, but for the battle of the dads, felt it was best to uh, hope to go 2-0, and make back some units, and uh, – you know, just get back to even, and then we'll worry about we'll worry about beating uh, Chris and Joe. You know, once we get to even. But first goal is to get to even. I don't really care what they're doing. I mean, even if they were up twenty units right now, it, it's the goal is just to get to even. Um, you know, if, I think it's just if we could be up five units at the end of the month, that's a win. Even if they're up ten, it's just to be up units. Um, and if they do better than us, I think I've said it before, that's fine. Cause I did, I, I will say I did fade them on their, on their first play <laughs> today because I don't, it's, it's someone who used to do the first inning and the first quarter, you know, just different things. It's very hard to just string them to get, they're very coin flippy. And I'm just like, oh, they hit yesterday. Oh, they're going against the Dodgers. I see what they're saying with the win, but I was just like, no, I'm going to, no, there's going to be a score. Like it just felt right. Yeah. Joe, uh, I think Joe, I was talking to Joe about this, that he likes those. I think it's something like the first inning is definitely the most common inning for a run to be scored. I think it's something like 52% of first innings do see a run. Now, certain pitchers that's going to be far less against, but anyway, Kyle, when you were talking about it, I just think about, um, I think a good analogy is, is golf, right? Like, let's say you, you shoot a 44 on the front nine. You can't make all of that back up in one hole. You've just got to chip away slowly, have a couple birdies here and there. And then by the end of your round, you can be right back at par or better. And that has to be the philosophy, right? And that's really important for people who are maybe inexperienced betters to keep in mind Yeah, that you can't, it's very hard to win it all back right away. You have to just... Cool string together multiple days funny thing so saturday in the tournament i was playing pretty well hadn't played in two weeks so you know kind of went out just no expectations you know with the handicaps i finished finished minus two but uh the fifth fifth hole it's a par no six holes par five pipe it right down the middle kind of kind of dog leg left didn't quite get it far enough so instead of going for it which i usually like to do Cause if you miss a little right, there's water and kind of trouble. It's just like, you know what? I'm just going to take a five iron, just, you know, put it within a hundred, you know, maybe I stick it, get a birdie, but I just want the easy par. So kind of on a side hill standing just a little bit too far. I could even feel it, but I was like, ah, cause it's a side hill. It should be fine. Just chunk it and kind of put it in the left rough. And I've been hitting this shot with my hybrid where I'm able to cut it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Catch a flyer, just pop it right up. And then 
lose it. Couldn't find it for like five minutes. So then I take my nine iron out, fly it over the green, chunk two, two putt, get a fucking eight. And that was the difference. That was the reason why I didn't win the tournament is that one hole. Um, but I, to the whole moral of this 10, 10 minute long story is I didn't let the hole get to me. I was just like, well, nothing I can do about it now. Just came back and, you know, part, I think the next three holes and a birdie two on the back, which obviously helped. And you just got to do what you got to do. And Neil, what Kyle's talking about here with you guys had a bad three day stretch, but that can't define the entire month. And when you're betting, it can be really easy to get really discouraged by a very short, small sample size, brutal stretch, but you can't let that affect the way you make picks going forward. Some of times they break against you. Sometimes they break your way. So just maybe stress and piggyback on the importance of not, not letting that get to you because that's a hard thing to do for people who start betting. It, it is. And really, I mean, yeah, it was, we just had a bad, we, we just had a bad weekend. We couldn't buy ourselves to win. I think one of the, the interesting things about doing a tournament also like this style is <clears throat> right. That you've capped us on it's one unit. You can bet, you can make one unit back at a time. Um, you know, you can lay juice to win one unit, but you're, you're capped at that one unit, you know, versus having a different format where again, like in the real world where you can say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lay, you know, 10 X times what my normal unit is because I'm down, you know, seven or eight units at a time um, or, or any given stretch. And it's like, no, you stick by, I mean, I think Kyle and I, you know, yeah, we've, we've run bad in the contest, but Kyle, I don't know about you. Like I had a, like, I had a, almost a break even week last week in, you know, one of my, in, you know, one of my accounts. And then the other one, I was just a little red. Cause again, it's your total. We're coming up with our best four for the day. Um, which don't always hit, but that doesn't mean that our normal, our regular counts, because we're not only making, you know, four plays a day combined, that those aren't hitting, you know, that other ones aren't hitting. So it just might be the other four. So I think it's a, the other important piece to this is that you don't want to just go and say, I'm going to 10X a unit because I'm down eight units. Like it's, it's a grind. It's supposed to be a grind and we're supposed to just, you know, pick away. And, you know, we've had two back, you know, we had two Monday and Tuesday, I think where we just lost juice. Um, We had a positive day. Uh, yesterday we missed going four and zero by you know we needed one strikeout, um, and we would have had a four and zero day yesterday. So it's you know, I feel good. We're only making two plays today. Um, you know, to, so to your point, it's like when we don't need to make four plays in any, any given day. You know, just because we can um, and being down, so we don't want to. You know, we're being mindful not to go out and chase anything here because um, you you can. It's you know it's a long it's a long summer. Um, and you don't want to get yourself in a situation the most the way most betters go, you know, do go bankrupt is, you know, you go down eight, nine units and then you make a 10 unit bet, you know, trying to make it all back. And and that one goes awry. And now, and now you're done. Just exaggerated. Yeah. Now you're, you're down, down 19 units now. Right? Yeah. Now you're that exactly. guy we saw in the uh, food court at Bally's. That's what I thought of, too. That, that That's exactly <laughs> who I thought. <laughs> oh, my right. God. You don't want to be that guy. Neil, yeah. Neil, what, what, what's that, that, what, that quote you uh, you called me at the uh, war table? A miserable Come on, you're saying it in Vegas too much. Yeah. M- miserable piece of shit, right? When Kyle yep. went and put $100 on a hand of war <laughs> and lost. And I called him a miserable piece of shit. 
but then but then Duke won me two bets and it turned into a beautiful March Madness trip as usual. It's always a great, it's always a great March Madness trip. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. And it is so important to talk about those things because what we want people to do listening to this and listening to our advice, following our Twitter is just practice good habits. Don't do things that the books want you to do, like go large and empty the account on one play for 10 units to try to win it all back. Now, if you do that and it works out for you, great. Is that the smart thing to do? No, definitely not. So good stuff though, you guys. And and what you're saying is exactly right. Even after today, there are still 20 days left. And Neil, you talk about the one unit plays. And I don't think we've announced this yet, but on Father's Day, this is the battle of the dads after all. On Father's Day, you can bet to win more or risk more. That is just a one day special Father's Day extravaganza, I guess. That'll be the final day of the U.S. Open. Uh, so there will be lots of things in play uh, when Father's Day rolls around very soon. So. Good stuff, you guys. Uh, We'll hope that Major League Baseball gets its shit together. We have a couple things we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, Thank you, Neil, for jumping back on on your dad duty day. K-Mark, good to see you as always. Don't work too hard the rest of the day. I got nine minutes left and I'm clocking out. (laughs) Beautiful. All right, guys. uh, Chris Duke's not here, so just remember, if you decide to bet on poop like the Pittsburgh Pirates, Arizona Diamondbacks, got it. That team, I know one day, we're going to get a Orioles diamondbacks. I mean, they tried the tigers a couple times last week and, and I think they whiffed both times. They tried the diamondbacks once last week too. So uh, yeah. if you're going to bet on poop, sometimes you're going to get a poopy result or you might just miss first base. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nah. Nah. Pirates. Nah. 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 Nah.